As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hugely hello everybody, the Halloween season is over, which means that Christmas of course begins now. That's right, for those who don't know, here in Ireland we don't do the, the Thanksgiving stuff, we go straight into Christmas, so from November 1st, while it's not officially Christmas, a lot of people over here celebrate it, so for the rest of the year... All episodes are going to be Christmas themed, and if you don't like it, fuck you. Ha <laughs> Gonna start off with a quick apology. Uh, an apology and a plug. On the last two episodes of podcasts I did, I did an episode of uh, Dork Side of the Ring with Rad Rob, and I did uh, the Mike Durban show. For whatever reason, that day, my computer decided not to work I could get no technology work and it was a disaster so if you want to hear me on other shows check out Dork Side of the Ring check out the Mike Durban show where we uh, had a debate about uh, horror films but uh, audio quality wise they're kind of a mess so my bad boys hopefully I can make it up to you down the line even though I have absolutely no intentions of making it up to anyone before we get on with the show descriptions, just a couple of uh, plugs. If you want to see the video version of this uh, episode, this episode more than ever will have all kinds of uh, special extras on the video version over on Hughie Entertainment on YouTube. Uh, obviously, this audio version is the Christmas-themed version. There's all kinds of song clips and sound effects shit. But on YouTube, we had to get a little bit more adventurous, so... Go on over there, have a good laugh, hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to leave comments of endless, endless compliments and the odd uh, trash talk. Whatever, it doesn't matter to me, all helps bump up the view count. 
And just as another plug, I have to say that if anyone out there uh, listening happens to be a fan of professional wrestling from the glory days of the 80s and the 90s, well, go check out Keeping the 100 Official on YouTube. That's the official YouTube channel for the controversial podcast hosted by Conan and Disco Inferno. There's a lot of drama going on there all the time. All kinds of controversial opinion statements. Currently just past 34,000 followers on Twitter. Very grateful. Leave comments, interact, all that stuff. So today's episode is in defense of Opie. Now, here's the thing. Is, uh, any regular listener of this show knows that I know and I'm a huge fan of Who Are These Podcasts. And I know Carl from Who Are These Podcasts. Very funny guy. Uh, it's actually probably my favourite podcast uh, to listen to I have to be honest but with um, but he is this uh, part of his show where he's I wouldn't say he's anti-Opie but they like to uh, roast Opie's show and to be fair it's not like they're out of line like it is kind of uh, a mess at times so but what you're going to get to, to do see I always fuck up this what you're going to get to hear today is what we would call a defense of Opie. Uh, Opie's always going to be a radio here of mine. Nothing will ever top Opie and Anthony. It's the single greatest radio show there's ever been. I'm going to bring up some issues, topics that uh, Opie's been part of over the years. Some positive, some negative, but it's a fair discussion by, by a guy called Chad who used to Technically used to work with Opie, uh, worked in Sirius and stuff like that. You'll hear more in the interview. So if you're expecting a Opie burial and an Opie roast, not on this episode, uh, I think. I haven't listened back to it and I probably won't listen to it. I'm way too cool for this piece of shit show with the rest of you nerds. But I think it's a very good episode and I have to say that any and all music clips you may hear within this episode... I don't own them, I don't own the copyright to them, and if you want to own that copyright, then you can get them from all good official music stores and streaming sites. So, I hope you had a good Halloween. We're starting with the first ever Christmas episode of 2021, and once you hear me back, we will begin the defense of Opie Radio. Support to you for It's Usually Hello is brought to you by Manscaped. It just so happens to be the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Know what I mean? They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Everybody knows what it's like when you're uh, trying to keep yourself clean or keep yourself special, you know, for that big night out. Just say you have to be going to a big concert, say, I don't know, ACDC Stadium show. There's about six of you going going away. You know that, right, something's going down tonight, so I'm going to trim my hell's bells. Use the wrong thing, you're going to end up cutting your balls and you're going to be on the highway to hell, if you know what I mean. Ha ha ha! One of my uh, hilarious jokes there. But that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team 
spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. It's called the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And when I tell you this is premium, I actually mean this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. You gotta play it safe, you don't wanna speed through that shit, cut one of your balls off. It's waterproof technology so you can groom in the shower, it helps clean up easier. And one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, and I hope you are, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that drunk of yours, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUGY at manscaped.com. That's H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And just as a little quick reminder, get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code HUGY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code Husey, H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And thank you for the sponsorship and on with the show. This fantastic five-star, unbelievable, history-changing episode of It's Usually Hello has been sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's be honest. In my opinion, 2020 going into 2021 has been a hell of a year, if you know what I mean. Right. Personally, I feel like I've aged 10 to 12 years over the last 12 months and grown. 
And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to, especially in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here, and it's time to get sprung with Blue Chew Boing. That's not a sound effect, that's just one of my incredible, incredible skills. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, which is erectile dysfunction, by the way, you floppy penises. Blue Chew is an online prescription service so no visits to the doctor office no awkward conversations about your small penises and no waiting in line at the pharmacy thankfully and it ships right to your front door in a discreet package the process is simple sign up at bluechew.com b-l-u-e like the color chew like the chew.com Consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription in days. And the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. You don't like swallowing pills like quite a lot of us? No problem here. Blue Chew's Sendetafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA. Thank you! And they prepare and ship direct, which is cheaper than the pharmacy. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it comes time to perform, visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And here's the best thing we've got a special deal for its huge hello listeners. You try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code hello at checkout. All you gotta do though is just pay the five dollars in shipping. That's bluechew.com with the promo code hello to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring our podcast and on with the show. Want to buy wrestling merch but don't want to buy the cheesier childish stuff the WWE puts out? Well, Collar and Elbow is the company for you. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. They strive to create a product that embodies their passion for professional wrestling through street fashion. Basically... It's wrestling merchandise that you can wear in public that doesn't make you look like a total nerdy mark. This is great stuff. I've bought a bunch of it myself. I wear it myself quite often. And when you go to buy it, don't forget to use the coupon code HUGY. That's H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, all in capital letters, to let them know that you heard about it through me. That's collar and elbow. Use the coupon code HUSI and do not forget to tell your friends because this is the best merchandise company you're going to find anywhere. Welcome into the podcast. Uh, we're going to do something a little different uh, than usual episodes. Uh, first time he's been a guest on this show. I've spoken with him quite a few times. Uh, 
mostly about the classic Tatanka versus Lex Luger stuff, but enough on that. Uh, we've got the great Chadster. Uh, Chad, what is up today? I just want to know, were you shocked at Tatanka's turn on Lex Luger at SummerSlam 94? Got to know. You never seen it coming. That's the great thing. Never. <laughs> uh, well, one of the big accusations I get about this podcast is that I'm lazy and that I don't have, uh, you know, I don't put the effort in like I used to and that I stockpile episodes and shit like that. But this is uh, clearly uh, a very Christmassy themed November episode. Uh, in Ireland, we start celebrating Christmas uh, pretty early, like uh, in early November. Some people celebrate it literally the minute after midnight of Halloween. To prove okay. that it's uh, not a stockpiled pre-recorded episode in October, go into vast, vast detail and tell us about what you did on Halloween night. That was epic. You know, just another one for the books. I mean, I can't say it was any different than any other one I've had over the last few years, but it was one I'll never forget. And tell us about all the big news stories that have happened from October 12th until October 31st. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, people got canceled, you know, uh, people got offended. Uh, Superman's bisexual. Uh, but I think that's the high points, right? Uh, what, what happened on October 13th? <laughs> oh, gee. Well, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. There's too much to even recall one by one, but enough. But by the way, very happy to join you. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I forgot to uh, jump over that that point. But no, appreciate it, man. Always yeah. a pisser with you. Merry Christmas. It's always fun to have Christmas. Of course, uh, anyone watching the video version on YouTube, this will be a, a bleeped and a non-signed effect version because everything gets fucking copyrighted there. <laughs> but if you want to hear it uncensored and the real Christmas spirit, then take a little jingle down on the link below. Download the full uncut version. You'll get to hear me say words such as cunt. Uh, what we're doing today is... Uh, not so much an interview or a not even a music debate. We're doing a let's just say I call I was going to call this episode defending Opie. <laughs> uh, see, I've always said that Opie and Anthony to me is the single greatest podcast slash radio show ever. Uh, I, I it's such a, it ended so tragically and all the shit that we'll get into. But with Opie and Anthony, I think nothing has ever, nor will ever, top that. And I have to say that I think that Opie, unfairly, doesn't get enough praise for being responsible for what made that work. Because he's not the funniest guy in the world. I am. He's not. <laughs> but he did know how to run a show. Correct. And there's times when you see... Uh, Norton or uh, Kumia, who I fucking love, doing stuff by themselves, and it's kind of a mess at times. It's just like it's like a fucking forty-minute-long ramble about a topic, while Opie would keep uh, the show moving. So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about the uh, the the controversies and the issues around Opie's uh, uh, legacy. But before we get to that, of course, Opie used to do his show with Sirius, uh, Little Birdie tells me that a certain someone on this interview used to work at Sirius. So why don't you uh, fucking give us a little background? 
I'll give you an even better background. I didn't technically work for Sirius. I worked for the Howard Stern show itself. I worked for Howard Stern's 112 Incorporated, which was Howard Stern's personal uh, company. And I did technically work in the Sirius building in the first weeks that they were actually just trying the show out on the satellite airwaves. Never technically a serious employee, but worked in the Howard Stern Empire. Uh, 112 Incorporated was the name of his business. Yeah, yeah, you weren't a serious employee, but you did work seriously hard. <laughs> I, I, well, that, that's going to be up for debate for sure, because I don't know if I ever really worked that hard. It wasn't uh, work. It was a lot of fun is what it was. So it wasn't necessarily work. But I uh, I worked for Howard during the K-Rock days and then the transition over into Sirius and uh, quite the transition. It was it was uh, it was crazy, but it was like the last days of uh, rock and roll is what it felt like. Yeah, uh, working hard or hardly working. <laughs> I should have brought my coffee cup. I got one that says it, Husey. I got a coffee cup that says it. Really? I just yes. came up with that? I thought I just invented that. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Somebody, you can't use that language on the on this show, by the way. So I'll try. Bleep it, just so you don't get uh, caught with it. But, yeah, I worked. Uh, so I worked for Howard uh, 2005-2006. And uh, got to experience what it was like to really be in the trenches of what the original version of the Howard Stern show was like before they moved over to satellite and to see the transitions that were made as they went to satellite and how things started to change much more after I left. But you could see the foundation was there in 2006. What was the, the background vibe of the Stern staff during that time of the Opie and Anthony uh, rise? Did not like him. Uh, you know, was a, a definite divide uh, amongst staff members of not liking certain members of that staff. But again, when I was really in the, the heart of the show, it was still on K-Rock. So they were, uh, Opie and Anthony were on XM at that point exclusively. And uh, it was like XM, it's like it, they didn't kind of exist, but they were still out there. I can give you a great example. The last day that Howard was on regular radio, there was a contingent of Opie and Anthony fans that were like blocking the, uh, you know, the pathway for the march from the uh, the K-Rock building to the Sirius building. And uh, not going to lie, kind of wanted to join them. But, you know, I had to let uh, professionalism reign supreme that day. But uh, nonetheless, always acknowledged, always kind of known that they were there, but they were competing on two different levels at that point. Uh, back then, did you uh, prefer ONA to Stern, even though you worked for a big Two thousand percent, yes, absolutely. I was a diehard Opie and Anthony fan from 1998 on, and uh, during the break, was uh, all I did was go back and listen to tapes because I actually recorded the shows. So I would just go back and listen to old tapes I, I recorded in my car. And uh, when they came back on XM, I, I didn't get XM. They were actually on Direct TV. They had a channel that you could listen to the stream on TV. So you'd have the TV on in the background. My my wife and girlfriend at the time had direct TV. So I would record the shows on there. And I would listen to them at home. Um, so always, always an Opie and Anthony fan. Although, you know, my roots of talk radio and wanting to get into radio go back to listening to Howard for the first time. Uh, I've got to ask, uh, would you like to hear my sort of issues with Opie and also who's the hottest chick you've ever banged <laughs> I would love to hear whatever your issues are yeah well are you so let me ask you so how did you find them did you find them by listening to them online yeah because uh, what it was was um 
Hard Stone was it was so hard to get his stuff over here because you have to get it off. Like, do you remember LimeWire? Yes, I do. Yes, and all that well. gangster shit. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we would have to download stuff like that, and sometimes you would get entire shows. Sometimes you would get uh, famous clips. But then, with, with the when YouTube started, and by the time, or should I say, started to really blow up, uh, that's when the quality of the Stern show went into the toilet, and it was just Stern babbling on for hours and hours, while Artie, when he was sober enough, would st- would say some hilarious shit. But then mm-hmm. you would always see Opie and Anthony talking about like film reviews and pranks and dollies, uh, the Nazi versus the Patrice O'Neill street game, I think <laughs> we should call it. One of the one of the best, <laughs> exactly. And I just started listening to them more and more, and then I realized them, um, like with Anthony Cumia, I think that for a while he was the funniest person alive because he oh, could absolutely. do. All kinds of like he could literally break out into a variety show. He could sing. He could do impressions. Did you would swear with a real person? He would do all these, and he was funny, really sharp. Uh, and then with Opie, who could keep the show running, it was like the best. Not to talk about pro wrestling, the best tag team you could possibly imagine. And I just thought they're better than Hard Stern. And then when yeah. Opie and then when Artie left the Stern show, I was like. I'm never listening to that shit again. All he talks about is, what do you call it, American Idol or whatever the fuck. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm O&A, I'm spread the virus. Yeah. Well, you got to go back to, you know, when I first started listening to him in 98, it was a different kind of learning about the same things you did because they were now, they had restrictions. On regular radio, they were even more funny because they had to try so hard to get around all the stuff. So when we learned how funny Anthony was and we heard all these impressions he were doing, you'd be on the floor laughing like literally you could you couldn't drive you'd have to pull over and listen to what they were talking about because it was so different than any other radio show that does the same things but they were just they had a great chemistry i felt on regular radio wnw was the better uh uh you know era but you finding them when you did you get to see the same thing and see it in the same way that i saw it just at two different times it's very interesting yeah but uh I, I definitely think, though, that we'll, we'll get to more of the uh, the drop-off and quality and stuff in a minute, but I've got to, I've got to tell you about the, uh, my issues with Opie. Uh, Please, the, I'd my, love to hear it. My intense feud. So, of course, as I'm sure you know, Chad has a whole bunch of podcasts and different uh, genres, which we'll plug at the end. Uh, when I started this show, my whole thing was, I'm going to try to interview everybody like from, from any kind of background. I randomly tweeted Opie. Uh, this was back when I was still talking into the onboard mic. There, man. Uh, I had no equipment. I didn't use fucking Skype, anything. It was just, it was a mess. I, I just randomly tweeted Opie, see if he would be up for it. He, and he said yes. And I felt my dick move. Because <laughs> I thought, holy shit, it's Opie. Uh, I'd, I'm one of my fucking heroes. I, I'd love to get to interview this guy. This was 2018. Okay. When this happened, it's 2021, and it still hasn't happened. And I've uh, the poor guy because he followed me on Twitter, so I was able to DM him. Right. I must have sent him fucking 200 DMs. Okay. At least possibly 400 saying, 
Are you available today? Or, or what about today? Could you do it today? I'm available now. Are you all this shit? And it went on and on to the point that he was doing one of his live streams, which we'll talk about that uh, pretty yes. soon. Please. And I asked him on the air about why he wouldn't, you know, do an interview. So not just my podcast, like with other people. And he goes, all they want to talk about is, is Opie and Anthony stuff. That's boring. <laughs> and it's like, like you don't want to talk about Opie and Anthony? They go, what, what do you want me to talk about? Your fucking hat? And the, the, whole, the whole problem is like, that'll be like, if just say you got Paul McCartney on, you know, from the Beatles. Have you heard of them? A couple times, yeah. The Beatles. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty obvious that if you get to interview him at some point, the Beatles are going to be spoken about. He's not going to be going, oh, I don't want anyone to just focus more on my, my solo work. They know what's coming. And the fact that Opie somehow thinks that he could do interviews or should be doing interviews, not talking about that. It's fucking insane. And it's stupid and it's annoying, frankly. Especially because when he does his live streams, all he does is talk about Opie and Anthony stuff. And uh, so what's your take on him? The fact that, well, not that he didn't do my show, but the fact that he seems to refuse to do anyone's show at all. You know, it's interesting because you could do an interview and not bring something up and, and go into it and say, hey, look, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about X, Y and Z. And you go, OK, and you can get around the whole interview. And as they get comfortable, things start to come out. Hey, I remember this reminds me of a time back when blah, 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 blah. A good interviewer can get around talking about things that the person doesn't want to talk about. You just see if there's a chemistry by the end of the interview you're now talking about the topics that you wanted to that they didn't want to even glance or go over. Uh, but I think he's doing it as a way to draw people more to his airwaves. So like you said, he, he doesn't want to talk about it, but then on the live streams, he does. Well, he opens the forum. He, he asks questions and of course people jump in and that's what they want to hear about. I think going on somebody's show, he doesn't anticipate the interviewer if he doesn't know you because he does some interviews you'll see him pop up on somebody's show you know whether it was uh didn't he do stuttering john's uh podcast at one point and he did uh mike calta at one point like he did appearances but i just think his thing is i'm not going to go on somebody's airwaves that might not know me might ask me the same questions we've heard a million times and i don't want to do it so he's putting himself at a level where it's he's not obtainable he might be easy to get a hold of but he's just not obtainable to get you know to sit down in the chair and we know that that's half the battle and you know whose podcast he did do uh the the, the sort of in our mutual circles and it drove me crazy not that i have any problems with them because i've i did was a guest on the show he did the super ugly show on the brand did he really? Yeah, and I couldn't fucking believe it. Because I remember when they advertised it. What's that guy called? Rocky? Yes, I, I've only heard of the show. I just, I don't know who they are. Yeah, uh, they said, oh, today on the show, Opie Radio. And I was like, what the fuck? There's two wow. Opies? Who's the second Opie? <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have thought. Yeah, and it well, was calling me surprised. Yeah, and it was Greg Hughes, and he was telling jokes and stories and having a laugh. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not a big deal, but I've got a, I've got ten thousand subscribers on YouTube. I'll have you know, <laughs> I've had Disco Inferno on thrice. Wow, you know, like it's pretty it's, good. It, thank you. 
I just thought that I want fucking Opie on and his whole avoidance of ONA questions. I think it's stupid, especially yeah. because I had a, a list of stuff planned and I do want to talk to him about music and documentaries, but to, to be like, I don't want to talk Opie and Anthony. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I think at the end of the day, everybody can be obtainable. I think, you know, you play the waiting game long enough, you end up getting what you want. You might be in an extended uh, period of time. But again, he maybe just feels he doesn't need to. You know, maybe he feels that he doesn't have to reach that audience. He likes the audience that he's performing to and that he's podcasting to, and he doesn't really care for anybody else on the outside. And I think it's a comfort level. Now, with the Super Ugly show, guys, you know, I don't do they do ONA themed shows? It's the kind of thing if you run six Opie and Anthony episodes in a row out and you get people talking about it for a couple months in a row, maybe he comes on to defend some of the points being made. I just, I just program your show for you. There you go. Uh, speaking of programming the show, that brings me to the next point, is that uh, one of the big uh, pra praises that I should say, sort of positives, one of the big positives I should say, I will edit out no flubs, is that uh, that's, that's good. O Opie was, while he was not the funniest guy in the world, he was not the, the greatest and all that stuff, he was a very good interviewer, and he did keep that show running. Uh, yes. But in the eyes of many critics and stuff, Opie fucked up many opportunities to the point that uh, Chip Chipperson, the character that Jim Norton plays, was what Opie didn't know was a parody of Opie. And they were doing it to his face. Only he didn't know this. He thought it was just some goofy character. So uh, as a producer and someone who runs uh, many shows, what was your take on the fact that Opie would pretty much get shit for running the show? People don't get somebody's got to be the boss. Somebody's got to be the the big the big boy in the room. Somebody's got to kind of throw their weight around. Anthony has said many, many times he didn't want that spot. He didn't want to do that. And Opie being who he is and who he was and the career he had up to that point had to be the driver. You need it if you're in a group and OK, and I've done podcasts as part of a group. You have to have one person in one role and the other person serving another role. If the one person doesn't want to do X, Y and Z, the other person has to kind of fill in the, uh, the gaps. Who was going to step up among that crew to kind of be the, the leader, to go to bat at management, to, to talk about contracts? Who was it going to be? Mm. Didn't want, Anthony didn't want to do it. He didn't want to upset the apple cart. Uh, Jimmy was lucky to be there. So when they would do those characters, the characters to me, and we'll get into it more, that, started, I, that was the worst part for me. I hated those characters. All the ones that, that Opie says he didn't like, I didn't like either. And I, again, I'll even go back further. I was never a huge fan of Norton originally joining the show because I thought it interrupted what the two of them had in the riffing aspect. They were able to open up the paper, read a story, and do two hours on it, and you would be dying laughing the whole time. Whether or not it was just Anthony's jokes, Opie still was the driver. And I know they always kind of would make fun of that he would break up the, uh, the flow and go to a phone call. That was his job. He's that's what he's doing. He's the host. He's in that chair. He's pushing the buttons. It's because you got to drive the ship in a certain direction during a, a show. You can't just be willy nilly for four hours on the air and just, you know, see if something sticks. You have to have some sort of structure. And that's what Opie provided. He was like the base of the whole operations. Uh, a perfect example of that is there's an episode of ONA where it was just him and Anthony 
And Anthony had been off sick for two days. I'm sure we all know why. Glug, glug, <laughs> glug. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, and Anthony mentioned that he had just watched the, just seen the Jay-Z video. And I remember that led to nearly 47 minutes of conversation about Jay-Z. And then they went to the calls and people were calling, you know, all the messages online. And it's like all from Opie just going, oh, you like Jay-Z? And... <laughs> The next thing you know, uh, it's a great bit of the show, which I'm going to look at, uh, look up later on on my phone when I have to go once again to the bathroom because of my arse problems. <laughs> uh, well, you're right, though. I mean, you know, the, a segment like that doesn't just happen because one guy is funny. It's because there's another person there. It's driving the segment. It's not all about you don't need two people to be funny the whole time. OK. Yeah, obviously, you know, we've watched Get My Go. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you don't need if it's in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere like that. I'm going to use a great example here. OK, two man power trip of wrestling. OK, when John and I were doing the shows together, we had an ebb and flow. We had me kind of being the 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 absolute, you know, I'm, I'm the, the the more, you know, outgoing, more uh, uh, boisterous part of the duo. John's methodical. John has the questions ready. He has the things that are going to get broken down. And the two forces meet in the middle. It makes a great show. Opie and Anthony was Anthony's hilarious. Opie is a great host and a great radio guy. You bring those things together, you have a magical show. It's just the way it goes. It, two, two people have to work collaboratively with their strengths. Well, but which brings me to the next topic, of course. Opie worked with Anthony Cumia. Uh, I fucking love that man. One of my most disastrous interviews ever. I don't know how, I genuinely can't remember how I set it up. I interviewed Anthony Cumia and I was so nervous about it because as, <laughs> as I was like, I want him to like me. I want the episode to be good. I just want it to be a good appearance. And I, looking back at it, I forgot to fucking put headphones on. I, you could hear how nervous I was. It was... Uh, I don't think I got his audio turned up properly. I fucked it up. I was just like, oh, Anthony. I didn't ask him about his book, anything. I just fucking shit the bed with Anthony Cumia one. Uh, Anthony, though, one of, he's somebody that I speak about a lot when I interview guests. He is uh, he's a very controversial man. Uh, I would say I don't think he's the racist that people accuse him of. I think he's quite outspoken, and I think that he sometimes like feels the need to take the side of a certain issue, no matter what. Like sometimes he's right, sometimes I think you're reaching as fuck. Uh, since ONA ended, Opie and Anthony have really, really taken a lot of shots at each other. Like I think yeah. Op Opie, Anthony called it. Walking on Greg shells. Greg shells. Great name. Greg, oh yeah, because Opie's real name is Greg Hughes. Uh, Anthony said that it was like it was very difficult to deal with him. But since they've broke up, since they've, uh, uh, yeah, not only did the show stop, but they fell out. And even to this day, Opie put out a new podcast, and he's talking shit about Anthony. Yeah. No, uh, with with Anthony's controversial opinions and a lot of the accusations that have gone against them, which of course we can't prove. Uh, do you think that uh, Opie in a way 
is almost trying to, what's the word, fan the flames of cancel culture, the way he keeps talking about this shit that uh, Opie does, or that Anthony does, or do you mm-hmm. think that uh, he's, he genuinely believes it, or that he's trying to somehow cause, like, or, yeah, or what I meant to say is, do you think he's using this Anthony feud as a clickbait? Mm, no, I don't think he is because anytime Opie can move on and, and talk about other things and, and look, when he moves on and says, doesn't want to talk about Opie and Anthony, he starts talking about fishing or starts talking about a documentary. People go, oh, look, he's talking about blah, blah, blah. He's doing this. Or he goes out and he does that video that uh, he did in, outside of a restaurant where he got kicked out of the, uh, uh, you know, the entryway. Who continues to fan the flames? Anthony. And then if Jimmy's around Jimmy, I think if it was if those two just forgot about Opie and just stopped talking about him, it would be the the feud in public would be over. I don't think they're going to work together ever again. But I think the continuing on that side of it to fan the flames is what keeps it going. And what's Opie going to do? You just sit back and take it. No, he's going to at least respond. But I think it's more on the Anthony side. Now, I will also say love Anthony. I still listen to, to Anthony's show. I watch the clips when I can. I subscribed when he first launched Compound Media. I don't really like the other shows he's got on there, so I wouldn't keep the subscription, but the clips that he puts out are, are amazing. And I still support Anthony, but I think once they continue to rip on Opie, he has to defend himself and they continue it. And they're a little bit more, you know, they're a little bit more harsh than uh, Opie is back to them. Um, just leave him alone. If you leave it alone, it'll just uh, it'll kind of just dissipate. Uh, do you think, though, that with Opie and Anthony, that if there was ever a reunion... Even hopefully not to do like radio and stuff, but do you think that it's gone on so long and they've taken so many shots that it's killed a reunion? Yeah, never happening. They had that opportunity when they were doing the shared phone calls when Opie was still on Sirius. The first couple are very awkward. I've listened to them fairly recently. They're very, very awkward, but at least they got to passive aggressively confront each other about certain things. Once that last call happened and uh, Opie didn't go to Compound Media like it had been heavily rumored, that was the end of it. And no, you will never see them, at least in my opinion, together again. And this is coming from a guy who heavily involved with wrestling and you never say never, brother. But no, they'll never get back together again. Yeah, I actually I actually think that the, the brand itself is tarnished. Yes. Uh, and that's because of the fans. <laughs> And that's it. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Which brings me to my next topic. Does it uh, really? My God. <laughs> my my favorite band of all time is uh, Oasis. I fucking love them so much. Uh, since they split up in 2009, I think it was, uh, Noel Gallagher, the songwriter and elder brother of the, of the group, has really talked a lot of shit about Oasis fans. And uh, for years, like it's fucking what? What year is this? 2021? Just about a few weeks left. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, that's right. Because it's Christmas. It's definitely it's Christmas not. Christmas time. Uh, only a few weeks left. Yeah, it's not October. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, Noel Gallagher has talked so much shit about uh, Oasis fans that it's pretty much caused a backlash to the fact that uh, Noel Gallagher is, while he's still very rich, if, if he announces a tour, it doesn't really sell well because it's like, well, why should we fucking give you our money 
Right. If you're just going to talk shit about us in interviews, why would we go see you if you're not going to play the songs you want to hear the way we want to hear them? And why would we support your new stuff, which is more like electronic and dance based? Because it's not the shit that made us love you in the first place. Right. Which brings me to... Wait, uh, time out. He does like electronic music now? It's sort of <laughs> more... terrible. Yeah, it's more dance-based and it's... Oh. Sometimes it's great, but uh, some of his worst songs ever have been in the last three years. Which uh, brings me to the topic of Opie, who talks a lot of shit constantly about uh, ONA fans. He's like, why do you care? Get over it. It's all the past. Who cares? Those days are done. All that shit. It's like, but Opie, that's this fucking thing that made you who you are. He used to have 14 million listeners per show on Opie and Anthony. Now he rarely has 140 views on a YouTube live stream. Yeah. Uh, so, and obviously... Let's be fair, Opie and Anthony fans, otherwise known as the Pests, really fucking crossed the line a lot uh, over yeah. the years where they would fucking go out of their way to like, like some of them tried to, <laughs> like some ONA fans called in healthcare violations at Opie's brother's restaurant. Terrible. <laughs> it's like the, the really, and then all that shit about Opie's wife and, you know, saying that she was having an affair and all that shit. How about but, Joe, uh, Joe Cumia? How about what they did to him? Yeah, former guest yeah. of of the SGG Hello Show. Who uh, they did to him, calling his time. calling his gigs, saying he's a racist, saying he's you know a Nazi, all this stuff. That's pretty bad shit. It's I I think it's too far. Oh, it's kind of funny, I have to admit, but it is too far. But the thing about this Opie shit is, uh, do you think it's kind of like the whole case of like uh, Frankenstein's monster? Notice yes. I didn't say Frankenstein because. Frankenstein was the name of the doctor. The not doctor, the, mo- yes, the monster yeah. didn't have a name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The 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 pests uh, have literally infested and destroyed and decayed the soul and the body and the cavity of Opie and Anthony. And it's it's one hundred percent. And that Reddit board, which I used to just kind of skim through, I just like yeah, you know, I never had an account. I just read it. It was fucking crazy. It was harsh. It was like, you know, uh, just a personal attack, but I don't get it. And it, and it's almost like, and this is the way I feel, it's the humor of that show is now being used against them because any of the, the kind of, you know, I don't know what they would call them, the copycat, the robots, you know, the people who are making content based off of Opie and Anthony ripping them, if you listen to it and you've been listening to them for as long as I have or as long as you have, you, it sounds like the humor of the show and the way the guys talk, the way they carry their their motions. It sounds like an Opie and Anthony bit being used against Opie and Anthony. And whereas I do think like Beige Frequencies documentary on Anthony was genius. <laughs> it was this epic, like unbelievable piece of history being unfolded in front of you. Uh, the humor of that show has now been turned against them. And these two guys have become such targets over the years. And it's fucking wild because if you love something and you adore something and, and then this is what I would love to like, you see, they rip Opie, right? And then the next video is a classic clip from the show. So which is it? Do you hate his guts or do you appreciate his work? You can't have it both ways. You can't be on both sides of the coin. Do you like the guy? Do you hate the guy? 
I just think that they got too comfortable with being in on the joke. Mm. That's the way I would put it. But do you think that Opie uh, talking so much shit about ONA fans, it's kind of like asking for trouble? If somebody resp- if you rip on somebody for 50 plus episodes of a show, right? And they respond back to you and they're a little defensive. Do you think they they might be within their right to question some other things, you know, and, and have a response back? I think he just can't not respond. That's like, whereas Anthony might not. I, Anthony might not respond to each person. I know he does rip and say these psychopaths or this or that. Opie has to fight back. It's just in his nature. He, some people can't go and hear those negative things. They got to rip back at him. I mean, you or I, we hear negative shit. We kind of just brush it off and whatever. You move on. Other people might not be able to handle that. And Opie being his position, just I, I would think, this is just my psychological point, I, he probably just doesn't understand why. Why are they still so ver- ferociously going after him after all these years? Like the show, don't like the show, move on with your life, or become obsessed with somebody and, and try to destroy everything they do. But what I think it is, it's uh, of course, we're both a couple of wrestling marks. It's that I think the problem is that Opie keeps selling for it, as they yes, say. Yes, exactly. Uh, like Anthony Kumia, as far as I know, and I know him very well personally because I interviewed him once yeah. for 20 minutes three years ago. <laughs> you guys are like this. <laughs> uh, he adores me. Uh, but I think that what it is is, is that uh, Anthony has a very thick skin, uh, or shall I say, he doesn't publicly acknowledge the fact that these guys are getting my go. Yeah. Uh, but Opie cannot stop. Like If you go on Twitter all day, he's arguing that, oh, you're a stalker. This is creepy. Uh, all that <laughs> shit. Uh, I fucking, I, I just think that just, you either mute them or you let them on. Just don't let them get your go on YouTube. That's, that's right. Now, I do like some of his responses, though, are very funny. Like when somebody goes on this whole like ramble, and he'll just quote tweet, quote tweet it right. K. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I see it, just because it's such a fuck you to this person who went on this whole like passionate diatribe of how much they hate Opie, and he just quote tweets it right. K. Brilliant. So, do you want to talk about not funny? Right there, hilarious. <laughs> well, speaking of not funny, that brings me to the next topic: the current state of the Opie Radio podcast. <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing, right? People are born certain ways. You're born tall. You're born short. You're born, and some people are born with the ability to sing. Some people are born creative, more uh, what's the word? Not artistic stuff like that. And some people are born funny, and some people aren't. And that's the problem that I think Opie has is that. He is not a funny guy, and he tries so hard to compete with uh, to be funny. Like, and this would make it even worse if you go back and look at the Opie and Anthony show. He's in there with people like Louis C.K., <clears throat> Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Patrice O'Neill, all at the exact same time. Don't try to compete. Just sit back and let them and let it happen on your show and think. This is fucking hilarious. These listeners are so lucky to get to hear all this golden stuff. Uh, Opie, for some reason on his podcast, thought 
you know what I'm not going to do? Uh, I'm not going to do my strong point. I'm not because the thing, Opie is a fantastic interviewer, and I said all the time. Yeah. Uh, he would get uh, he if you go back and listen to O and A stuff. He asked these really great questions that you can hear the guests, whether they're Hollywood actors or politicians or fucking musicians, and they they really get into the conversation because they're like, "Fuck, I haven't been asked that before. That that's a great question." Yeah. And so Opie with his podcast, instead of thinking that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to become. Uh, the interviewer and I'm going to do what made me so great. He thinks, no, I'm going to do an improvised comedy show uh, every day on a really, really badly recorded uh, mobile phone. <laughs> which, it's an which iPad. Is, if you much. listen back to ONA, the uh, what do you call it, the production bits and, and all that shit, it's it's today to this day, it's what people try to make their podcast sound like. Right. But the, the OP show, it, 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 I'll give you a clue. This is what it sounds like sometimes. Like, hey, we're OP and we're going to do the show and thanks for the bits and here's the coffee, then drink in and hi, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But, the, but that's what I'm saying is that with OP, he's not putting the effort into his show. Then, but the problem is, he's not only doesn't put the effort in, he then seems to react to people saying that the effort's not being put in, and right. complains like so. Uh, for the the current state of the the Opie Radio podcast, what do you think about it? Hey, if it's not your cup of tea, don't pay attention to it. That's my short take. The long take is, you know, when he had his first original run of his podcast, and he was sitting down with people and he was interviewing people. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. So the Opie Radio podcast in its original form, you did like. Oh yeah, I am. Um, because the thing is, I still give him. I'm still subscribed because it's free and it's Opie, and it's like, oh, I give him the download. I don't have to right. listen. But um, I very, very rarely listen to it when it's not an interview. And but because the, the thing is, uh, a comedian I love, Jim Florentine. You're a fan of him. Huge He's fan. been on the Opie Radio podcast ton of times and they've done these great interviews i did not know about florentine's wife diane yeah. and they had this amazing conversation about that and it's like well this is really good and nobody's getting these comedians to open up and they're going deep and having all this shit or instead you go you go on the tomorrow's episode and you'll be doing a live stream at the beach going why are you asking me about opiate anthony uh and i fucking hate when he does that and I, I just think that the state of his podcast now is ridiculous he's one of the greatest DJs that there's ever been John Wangland should not have great fucking audio quality compared to Opie <laughs> my show should not be more produced than fucking Opie Radio it, it's ridiculous yeah, I just think uh, he doesn't want to put out the effort anymore. I would that's a, my safe assumption would be, you know, he's talked about many times, you know, he might think he's done with his mainstream gigs. He did say uh I was less than a year ago, maybe he's got one more run left in him where he could go back to a station. And there were rumors, you know, he would go into PLJ in in New York or he'd be going to uh you know, I forget uh Oh, what is it? Uh, 770 or 880 in New York as well on the AM side because they've got some more talk based programs. But he declined at the end of the day, said it wasn't worth the effort. It wasn't worth the money. 
he might just not be inspired to do it anymore. And, and as fans, you got to be okay with it. You know, it's almost like you just get to, to listen to him and he interacts with his fans. And that's what he feels maybe at this point of his career and where he's at. That's all he wants to do. And I know it's, you're saying, I don't want to talk about Opie and Anthony continues to talk about Opie and Anthony. Again, people engage him. That's your extension to Opie. Anthony still has the desire. Go listen to Anthony. You want to listen to shows. <laughs> Maybe somebody wants to go listen to Jimmy and Sam. I, I don't know. I haven't met one person yet, but if they did, you can go listen to elements of that show. Opie's just he moved on. He just doesn't want to do that stuff anymore. And as a fan, you got to be okay with this. You, you just have to. Maybe one day he'll go back to what you want. But right now, this is where he's at. And you got to be okay with it. You got to move on. I, I Let me just say this. I haven't said this yet. I don't mind the format. And I've jumped on some of those live streams. I've been on one of the live streams. I've popped in. He gives the link out to people in his private Facebook group. I've jumped on. I've talked for 15 minutes or so. Gave me a great opportunity. It's a bucket list item I was able to check off. You know, the guy who helped inspire me to get into broadcasting. Loved every minute of it. Do I watch every one of them? No, I don't. Do I tap out if he's not talking about something I don't want to hear? Yes, but that's all you got to do. Just step away. It's okay, Husey. You can walk away from it and and still have Opie out in the realm. You just don't have to listen to it. Never! <laughs> but the, the, the thing about uh, Opie that, that, that I meant to say about the live streams really gets my go on YouTube is that he... Uh, gets pissed off getting asked about ONA stuff and yeah, it's like yeah. well what else are we going to ask you about yeah because like for, for as far as i know he well to be fair he's very rich so he can do what the fuck he wants but he he doesn't live a type of activity-based lifestyle he's just being uh as i'm sure is the dream a very rich parent yeah but we can't ask him. It's like, so how was the drive to school? Because we don't give a fuck. We're like, what about Louis C.K.? Did, did Anthony <laughs> ever? What about that chick that fucking Jim Norton <laughs> fucked on the air? Does that not technically count as rape? But, you know. Whatever happened to Mimi Beardsley? You know, like, what, 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 these are questions that I'd love to, uh, to have. Listen, again, do you think somebody who's been doing this since he's 18 years old and knows what people want to hear about. Do you think maybe he is fucking with people? Uh, honestly, no. You don't think so? See, I think he might in a certain certain aspect. I think he might be fucking with you just to say, like, hey, listen, you know, this is what you want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about Opie and Anthony. So people go, oh, he doesn't want to talk about Opie and Anthony. Oh, my God, he doesn't want to talk about it. Pr proceeds to then talk about it for an hour. He's just fucking with people. That's my take. But, but do you like think that, that he's... Uh... Actually, you know what? I'll save that uh, this question until the end. Uh, another topic I've got to ask you about is well, Opie's uh, when he first started the podcast, as you mentioned, it was more interview based, and he had a lot of great guests on. Like he had fucking Shane McMahon on, which I find yeah. Uh, yeah. very strange. Uh, we're a couple of pro wrestling marks. Uh, then it sort of morphed into a roundtable drinking session with uh, two people who are sadly <clears throat> no longer with us, Vic Henley and Carl Ruiz. Yeah. Would you like to hear a very weird sort of dark uh, story? Of course I would. Uh, of course, I was fans of 
Carl Ruiz and uh, Vic Henley. I interviewed Vic Henley. Okay. Uh, over Skype, he was fucked up, like badly. And like I love drinking, I get hammered quite often. But this this was beyond drunk. Like this was like it seemed to the point where allegedly I should say allegedly he may have been on drugs as well. Okay. It, it honestly seemed like part of his face wasn't moving. And okay. he was kind of incomprehensible. And I, I just I deleted the episode because I had to Did cut you it, really? Yeah. I had to cut it short because it's like this is a fucking disaster. He can't answer the questions. He's not staying consciousness. Then Vic Henley died six days later. Wow. Okay. Damn. Look at your timing. Another uh and this is uh, the God's honest truth. I spoke to Carl Ruiz about setting up an interview. Uh, I liked him. I was a fan. He died about two weeks after that. So they get in contact with you and they're just like, you know, yeah. it's time it, to end it all. That's it, Wow, that's haunting. That's crazy. It's the curse of the Hughes. Uh, <laughs> but I've got to ask you, do you think that with the, them two dying and the chances of, of that happening, like when you think about it for Opie, that he'd done the uh, ONA crew. They all seemed to turn their back on him. Then he did that. Uh, the, the, they kept it on the radio where he had that shared small guy. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. The Opie radio right. showed. He had a, although I will say, he had an incredibly awkward slash interesting interview with Phil Collins. Yes, that was pretty good. So it, had was, a, it had its moments, Opie radio, uh, the, the three o'clock version. But the so that was wasn't bad, and then the, the with the uh, the roundtable drinking uh, format of the podcast. But do you think that, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, that the, the deaths of Carl and Vic, and the fact that Opie himself has spoken about how his mother, and this is not a joke, and I'm not trying to make fun, but that his mom dealt with serious mental health problems. Do you think there's a chance that that has kind of put Opie down a bad path of uh, maybe a slight depression or an anxiety to try to start up a new team for his show? Perhaps because he I mean, the the Opie and Anthony universe and the guys around the show all turned on him from everybody up and down the chain to then establishing a a good rapport with multiple guys and then evolving that past the podcast, like you said, the roundtable thing. And the two key guys that he was really close with, both dying and, you know, not that far apart from each other. What, a year or two away from one another? Just maybe even less, right? Wasn't it like a year of uh, Carl first and then Vic, right? I think it was more like six months unless I'm wrong. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, well, put yourself in his shoes. What would you do? You know, would you be ready to just jump back on the horn and go back to what you had been doing, knowing that, you know, all these allies that you had turned on you in one show and then the other guys you had passed away? I mean, what what else? What else can you do? It's got to be by that's why he's by himself. You know, I know he does stuff with, you know, some random people that will pop in here or there, but it's got to have affected him in some way. Who wouldn't be affected by that? Yeah, that was, uh, I, I think maybe it shook his confidence, but at the same time, uh, at some point, you've got to fucking uh, get back on the on the horse, right. so to speak. It's I, kind, I agree. It's kind of like if you break up with a girl with big, juicy tits, 
and a nice waist and a big fat ass. Hell yeah, and she's yeah. Uh, Asian. It's going <laughs> to knock you for six, but at some point you have to say, "I fuck it, I've got to get over this and start again." And I, but I think that with Opie, he's he's taking too long to the point that. Like, like, just say you got offered the chance to go on the Opie Radio show. It's not like it's like, oh fuck, this is gonna this is gonna help me sell out the stand up tour I've got going. Right. Man, I don't know. It's it's just one of these things. It's like, uh, did you say my stand up tour? By the way, were you saying if I was to be? Yeah. A, <laughs> you just saying that in, in generalities. Look, yeah. I I think it's one of those things where you know Opie, he could start a Patreon tomorrow okay and he would probably have more people on the patreon than watch the live streams right and we all know patreon can make a lot of money but how many of those would be genuine people that just want to listen to opie and not take shots at him the 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 people who he had involved with the show also like you said sherrod small uh who is the other guy the quirky uh funny guy um oh god always depressed i just can't remember his name oh you know what I'm talking about? The, the tell? No, no, no. It was a younger guy. He, I, he was very funny. If he was able to have just picked up right away after those guys died and still continued with Sherrod and the other dude, I just can't remember his name. My apologies. Um, maybe it would have continued, man. I just I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's quite the tragic thing that this guy's gone through. And then to say his mom, now we don't know the extent of what it's like, but he's clearly, you know, it's clearly affected him in some capacity. His dad died tragically. Everybody he worked with turned on him. I mean, it sucks. What would you do? Put yourself in his shoes. I'll say it again. I would uh, do interviews with averagely funny people from Ireland. <laughs> That's a good point. Again, I uh, I would love to and possibly have already reached out to the Opster and, you know, pitched whenever he's ready to come back i would love to be uh, involved in some capacity with his return mm -hmm. um not saying i did or did not with current access i have to said opster but i just would love that last return i would love like he said to just go just go out one more time make it happen and then ride off into the sunset you know and, and see if it if it works but uh to to be honest with you though with Sherrod and Vic and Carl and unnamed guy who I can't remember. I didn't love that. Uh, I wasn't tuning in every week. I wasn't a big fan of Carl. I didn't think Carl was very funny. And I thought that it was the same thing every time he was on the air. And I thought it was repetitive. And I thought he took a little bit too much airtime. And I wasn't a big fan. Now, Vic Henley, I loved. I thought Vic Henley was great. But no, I wasn't a big fan of Carl. Not saying he, I'm not saying he's happy. I'm happy he's dead. I just wasn't a fan of him on the air. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm just glad that the Opie and uh, Bob of the Love Sponge show stopped immediately. That was a terrible <laughs> yes, idea. Yes, thank God. <laughs> but He's ter I, Bob is terrible. Yeah, he is a cunt. Uh, as we get to the uh, last can, topic, Wait, can I cut you off? When I worked for Howard, okay, and they were putting together, you know, the, the Howard 100 and Howard 101 stations, Bubba was not in the original running to be a part of that crew. And they used to send so much shit to the office 
every week they'd be sending the, you know, the, the posters and the DVDs of the bar appearances and all the Bubba t-shirts and catchphrases and all that shit. And it used to get put into a bin called Glom that would just be given away to people as they walk by. So you're in the fucking hallway of K-Rock and there's a bin sitting outside the door. You look down, and you go, Bubba the Love Sponge. You can't even get Bubba the Love Sponge in New York. Oh, I got his T-shirt now. And you walk on. That's how much Bubba was not in the mix originally. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm not a fan. He sucks. He's one of those people that uh, he was always shit. He seemed like a horrible person. And I'm glad I hope he stayed the fuck away from him. Agreed. Uh, but as we get to the final topic, before we go celebrate Christmas with our families, because it's definitely Christmas and this is not recorded on October 12th, because I'm not going to lie to my great, great fans out there, man. Uh, but the, the big question I've really got for you is, frankly, did Opie fuck everything up for himself? Uh as we, we mentioned, Opie's very rich. I would fucking suck numerous dicks to get half of the money that he has, uh, even if I could just get a fucking a quarter of what he has. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, also, uh, like, money doesn't stay there forever. True. Taxes, and if you're rich, they, they cut into your savings, and like at some point it runs out. Opie has openly admitted that he hasn't earned money in fucking years. And uh, while he did make a lot of money from ONA, I'm not that I'm saying he's broke, but that shit's got to be cutting into a lot. Like, And then it keeps going and keeps going. At some point, you're going to need to get a fucking job. Yeah. It's going to pay good money. The other thing, you mentioned about the fallouts with the Opie and Anthony uh, comedians and the crowd and all that stuff. Uh, based on a lot of the shit that a lot of these comedians have said, Opie pretty much brought that on himself and that uh, he was really condescending. He would be basically, I don't like to use the bully word, but he would give a lot of these comedians shit. He couldn't take a joke. He uh, basically had a lot of people pissed off and on Greg shells around them. Uh, a lot of the staff members who used to work for him as, uh, we call them interns and stuff. Mm -hmm. They all hated Opie. And as they eventually got jobs and moved up in serious or whatever it's called, they got to think, well, fuck him. He never helped me. He treated me like shit. Why would I go to bat for him? And then, as we say with the, the, the podcast, it seems like he's deliberately going as low tech as possible. So the very long question that I already asked, and I'll just ask again, because I would have stopped listening. Is did <laughs> uh, Opie, yeah? Is uh, did Opie fuck everything up for himself? No, he did not. He absolutely did not. Everything that's happened is in is the trajectory of his career. Okay, if he's got the money to live off of, he's got the money to live off of. He is. If he wants to go back and work, he'll go back and work. I think the culture of the show has come back to bite every single person in the ass big time and six times over the the fans and the and the the people that supported it have turned on them in a way that could never have been predicted they've become uh, absolute uh vile <laughs> everything that they were towards other people during the heart of the show the height of it and the popularity they have now turned against the, the people opie just can't cope maybe in the way others can so no i don't think he fucked up his legacy i don't think he's he, he's fucked up anything for himself i think he could turn it around in any minute he could um 
but that all i guess remains uh to be seen now just to uh, you know elaborate a little bit on what you said what do you think interns are supposed to do did yeah. cater to have their ass kissed i was an intern for howard guess what you get people who just go like this to you instead of uh don't talk to me write write it down Many a producer on a Howard Stern show, you go to talk to them. They just go like this. So you write it down and hand it to them because they don't want to be bothered talking to you. I know it's Howard is Howard. How many times do you think Howard stopped to have a conversation with somebody before <laughs> or after the show? How many How many times? Oh, you think? 69. Yes, yeah, they, they, that's exactly right. I worked in the guy's fucking office in his apartment building, shared elevators with him and Beth. How many times do you think he and I exchanged pleasantries? Okay. Worked for him. Not an intern. This is now getting paid to work for him. It's somebody's got to be the boss. You can't have everything handed to you and, and everything be fluffy ducks and roses. He had to be the asshole. He had to be the guy to have a presence and to be the one where the buck stops. And it can't. you can't be everybody's friend. I'll give you a great example. Sorry, I don't, I'm, I'm rolling. So give me a second here. I'll give you a great example. Back to our, our wrestling side of things. What did people used to say about Triple H back in the day? And that he had a strong heart? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Triple H, was he an asshole? Was he yeah. undermining people? Was he burying people to help benefit his own career and talk shit about people that may or may not have happened? Hold down guys because maybe if he was either jealous or didn't want to have any, you know, see them rise. RVD, Kane, Booker T, all the guys he knocked down left and right. What do they say about Triple H now? That he's the guy that needs to fix it all. He, they love him. Everybody mm. loves Triple H. Triple H is all smiles and roses and everything's happy. It's the reverse Opie aspect. When when Opie was on top and, and in the power position, he had to be somewhat of a jerk. I'm sorry. It happens. As an intern, I don't expect of the boss to, to, to be my best friend. He's very people who were there that did get to have relationships with him are very lucky because not everybody needs to be in that position. He doesn't he was barely he didn't talk to Anthony. He needs to talk to an intern. Come on. It's too much. I, I just think that everybody's got to move on. Go listen to the classic stuff. Enjoy it. Talk about it amongst your friends. Have little message groups. Do little videos about it all day long. Just leave the two guys alone if you're not going to do anything productive. That's just my End of the story. The the main thing that I think that Opie needs to do going onwards is not to uh, do a new show with Opie, or not to do a new show with uh, Jim Norton and Anthony. Just don't have feuds anymore. It's time to try to build bridges, and hopefully that could help Opie in the future as we go on, and he could have Norton on, he could have Rich Voss on, Anthony here and there. Uh, just do the right thing. Just do the, the thing. Be the bigger man and uh, not have everybody coming after you. Yeah. I don't think Norton will ever be. I think you have a better chance of seeing Opie talk to Anthony than you ever see of Opie talking to Jimmy. I think that Jimmy way, 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 way undermined a lot of stuff in that relationship. And uh, I think that that one is unfixable. At least Opie and Anthony may may still be tied in some aspect financially to certain uh, investments or certain content, but I absolutely don't think you'll be seeing Jimmy and Opie sharing airwaves ever again. Same would go for Opie and that uh, that that wormy, freaky-looking, bald, had-to-grow-a-beard to have people take him seriously uh, undermining piece of shit, Sam. So, 
Yeah, I fucking hate Sam Roberts. He looks like a, a Will Ferrell bastard. Uh, I don't like him. I hate his face. He's he's the worst radio host ever. Terrible. Jim and Sam is shit. It's the worst show ever. It, it really it's a it's an abomination to know that that time slot was the Opie and Anthony time slot, and then the Opie and Jimmy time slot, and and now it's that that just absolute albatross show where. I mean, Sam has done so much underhanded shit behind the scenes to people over the years and shit talked and just fucking dirty, dirty stuff, blocking people from ascending higher. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking in radio, also in the podcast world, blocking people from doing things. It, it's, he's just he's a shitty, shitty guy. And he had to shave his head and grow a beard so people would take him seriously so he could look like an adult. But he still sounds like a 12 year old kid on Double Dare uh, trying to compete for uh you know, a Sega Genesis uh, fucking uh, bundle or something. <laughs> yeah, a little cunt. Uh, as we are so full of Christmas cheer, as it's obviously we're way into November, it's Christmas time. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and share some Christmas cheer, what plugs do you have for these lovely elves listening? Ha ha. Ha yes. Uh, anybody and everybody can come check me out at Chad EMB on Twitter at IB Exclusives on Instagram. IB Exclusives is my sports memorabilia company. I do private autograph sessions with celebrities, sports stars, and professional wrestlers. If you see I have a signing coming up, you might be able to send an item in or purchase one for me to be signed. <laughs> And it's shipped back to you. Uh, it's a wonderful little business, especially during the holidays. We're trying to grow it. So please come on over and uh, check us out. My podcasts are all over the uh, the spectrum, if you will. TMPTEmpire.com, the two-man power trip of wrestling since 2015, producing content and making podcast history uh, with my, uh, my partner there, JP, John Paz. Uh, we have a show on the Russo brand, the Triple Threat podcast with the franchise Shane Douglas. I also do a show with the Queen of Extreme, Francine, called Eyes Up Here. You know Francine, right? You know, she's a, you're a big fan of hers. Oh. Uh, <laughs> four shows a week on Patreon with Francine uh, making history as well over there. So come check us out. Uh, appreciate the, uh, the time. Also, if you want to ever uh, check me out on Get My Go, many of the great episodes, the great good episodes of Get My Go feature the Chadster. Yes, uh, get my goes back. You should have said get my ho ho ho. Because <laughs> it's Christmas. Uh, Chad, thank you much uh, for coming on. This one, uh, it, it's weird that it's taken so long for me to have you on this glorious show. And uh, hopefully we will record again later in the year before the new year because it's Christmas time. Absolutely. We got about, what, three weeks left? We'll. Uh... We'll get it done, right? Exactly. Uh, take care, brush your hair. That's right. Oh, my my hand's getting caught from the green screen. I usually hold it to three fingers. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Chad. And uh, if you like this episode, we are planning to do one about Anthony Cumia in the new year. I think and hope. And if you don't like this episode... We're planning to do a new one about Anthony Cumia in the new year, I can confirm. So, Merry Christmas everyone. Tis the season to binge drink and wear shit clothes and gain weight and fucking enjoy the crappiest, corniest kind of music. 
but that's what Jesus would have wanted. He's a good egg. He's a good guy. If all goes to plan, which it likely won't, because I've had a lot of uh, problems with the podcast over the past couple of months, uh, planning to have a lot of big episodes to run out 2021. Hopefully it'll happen. We'll see, we'll see. But if not, fuck it. it it's, you've got this. You can't get any better than this episode. Thank you for listening, and it's Susie. Bye-bye.